Welcome to the Pirate Radio Sessions as part of the Amplify exhibitions at the Tinjets Gallery uh, podcast as part of the Amplify exhibitions at the Tinjets Gallery, University of Sydney. And uh, we're talking all things, yes, sonic street technologies, sound system culture. My name is Moses Eaton, I'm also known as Cumbia Cosmonauts. I'm also a DJ and producer myself and um, here as a researcher of Sonic Street Technologies research project. And opposite me here, or together with me here, is Carlos Arango. Um, could you introduce yourself in terms of your DJ names, etc.? Etc., etc. Etc., etc., yeah. Thanks, Mose. Well, you know, thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, my name, yeah, my name is Carlos. Um, I wear different hats <laughs> here in Sydney. Uh, um, originally, all mus- I'm a musician, uh, also an audio engineer. Um, that's kind of my, my main job. But I've got many projects. One of them is Cumbia Muffin, which is a 15-piece Cumbia orchestra. That we were just listening to at the Cor- beginning, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. And also, if there's any spare time, I do a bit of DJing on the side uh, under the name of Tropicante. And with that, um, also got the Tropicante Sound Sistema YouTube series uh, that is going really well. Uh, received really good um, interest and attention from people, so it's good. Yeah, so we're here specifically um, to talk about the DJing aspect and, of course, what you use to DJ, which is records mainly. Um, how, did, how did you first start DJing? I mean, with all those different hats you have that are connected to music, when did DJing enter? Yeah, well, you know, I guess, obviously, music has been a passion. Uh, and as a, as a musician, uh, I used to go to different venues. And since I moved into Sydney, it felt like I never really intended to be a DJ, but it felt like there was a, a gap or a hole. Like, you know, you come from um, Colombian and you come, or you come from South America and you're exposed to so much interesting music happening there and, and not just kind of like what you were hearing over here, like it was just quite limited to the music that you were getting over here. Uh, so I used to kind of go to a venue and I just say, look, I, I love your venue, <laughs> but uh, I don't think, you know, I think they should be playing better music. And the guy said, well, the manager at the time, this is many, many years ago, at least 15 years ago, the manager. Because when, uh, when did you first arrive? About in 2000. Okay, so 23 years ago. Okay. 23 <laughs> years, yeah. You've been here a few years and then... A few you, years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the manager just said, what you got? And I said, well, I don't, I'm not a DJ, but I de- definitely have better music than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she said, yeah, just bring your, bring your music. And that's how it all started. And then I started learning. So what's the music that you brought on this first, um, you know, the, the so-called better music that you... That well, you, well, you know, it's, 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 it's very subjective. Like, it's, you know, you, you can't say there's better music. One music is better than other. But it, what I wanted to show is that there was more music than what they were presenting at this place and kind of was just limited to what they were hearing. So I just brought more, you know, a broader range of music and different genres, not just sticking to your average or just salsa or just your usual reggaeton that you get a lot. Um, so this is a venue that otherwise played Latin American music? But yeah. But sure more, more diversity. It was, it was a yeah, Latin American venue, but kind of catered for everyone. Not, not a specific, like targeting the community, but... It was open for everyone, and it used to be. It used to be. Everyone used to come, and it's mm-hmm. a good, good venue. And um, what's, what was the start of your record collecting? Um, 
when you did uh, then was that with records already or were you playing no digital? so yeah. that was all digital and i was obviously getting to learn the technology getting to know how to dj and uh, learning the equipment and obviously this is many many years ago and you start collecting cds you start collecting mp3s and your libraries you know, you start blowing up your computers and then you start buying external drives and start, you start losing your drives. Uh, then you gotta move to USB sticks and then you don't know how to format those USB sticks and you rock up to venues and say, I don't know how to play on these pioneers. And it just, it just, it was a build up that I have to, it made me return to the basics. And that's where I started growing a kind of a, a love and like a rediscovering music via vinyl. And just knowing that I don't have to have like folders and millions of folders and just digging on all this music and uh, try to organize it in different folders where I could just buy a record, admire the artwork again, have it in my hands and being able to go through the tracks, find the tracks that I like, you know, put a little label on your, on your vinyl and that way you just, yeah, it was a way of rediscovering and re-falling in love with music and how does your since you started playing mainly with vinyl mm -hmm. or exclusively yeah, or whatever mainly mainly with vinyl um how has that um how does that drive your djing i think it's because it's such a it's such a different technology it it, it it kind of focus you go back and focus on the music you focus on choosing the right tracks or try to build a set that, you know, according to what you like and, and what you want to cater for the dance floor and for um, the party in particular. But you stop worrying in a way about having to perfectly beat match your tracks or having to perfectly uh, sync everything and making sure that it's such a smooth transitions because at the end of the day, your audience are not necessarily paying attention to that. It's all about track selection. In vinyl, it was, it's all about track selection. So you spend more time going through your collection, sitting at home, putting records, and it requires time of your time to sit down and go through all these. But it's, it's such an enjoyable experience. It's so kind of like more a, focused. It's focused. more focused, yeah, it's just, you just dedicated on music. You bring your needles, you bring your vinyls, and you just choose the right tracks that you want to play, and that's it. And how does your, um, how does your DJing drive your collecting the other way around? As, <laughs> as opposed to, way. like, how do you, I guess that, that goes into the next question of, like, how, how do you know what to collect? You know, how does your... Do you imagine something like when you what makes you choose certain records that you want to? Yeah, want to have? That's, a, that's a good question. Well, you know, I always have an inclination for obviously Latin music, but we think that Latin music is, I've always liked a lot of the Caribbean vibes, like the upbeat, like it, it's anything that will get you going on the dance floor, something with a upbeat beat, uh, something that has. Afrobeat influences or African influences and obviously when you talk about Colombian music it's very hardly driven by African music so um, I kind of enjoy that all that kind of realm of music that has that African influence so and with this 
vinyl uh, playing, it's also opened my doors to a whole bunch of new, new rhythms that I didn't even know, all these other music from different countries that you start learning about the history of all this music and how kind of like what influenced what and why this music gets played in this place and similarities in all the stuff that we play. So then you start getting into this uh, obsession in a way that you want to go, oh, so where, where is this music actually coming from? And then you start digging to the roots of the music that you used to listen when you were young or the music that you used to dance when you go to parties back home and... Yeah, so that's that's kind of what drives that motivation. And and do you think of this? Um, you know, you're going very deep into you know finding out where something really came from, recorded maybe in the '60s or '70s, etc. Um, mm. So do, do you think of your collection as a as a type of archive? Yeah, definitely. And and obviously, and it blows your mind when you there's one song that you've heard all your life, and then someone tells you, oh, you know, but that's not the original track, and uh, the original track and all that track that you like was based on this other track that was recorded back in the 50s or in the 60s, uh, somewhere in an island uh, in the Caribbean or or it's an island in Africa, and you listen to the tracks and it's the exact same track, but you know, uh, kind of modified to uh, to the Colombian audience. So, yeah, so it's definitely an archive because you, 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 you have to really dig to find these records. And, not, and obviously, records is, is, is like a limited physical thing. So sometimes, you know, there was only limited prints done of a certain record. Um, vinyls, they do tend to wear off. Uh, with time, so you get all sorts of qualities. So if you got records that got good quality, then they're gonna worth more for like collectors and people that you know have an interest in vinyl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, how, how much do you see your collection as a part of your identity? I yeah, I think you know, like music express a lot of your personality. But it, it is hard because I don't like to get also stuck in just one style of music. And with collecting vinyl, it, it is difficult. And then you start, you really need to kind of filter sometimes. And because, you know, it is an expensive hobby as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, so sometimes you need to filter because obviously I would like to have every record that's had some, uh, I've got, like I've got an attachment to it or any emotional feeling to it, I would like to own it. <laughs> you know, as a, as a vinyl, I want to have it in my house, but then I go, would I really play this in a party? Would I really sit down and listen to this? Because, so, you know, obviously, and because I, I come from an audio engineer background, you know, your, your whole vinyl experience, it's come from a romantic side of, like a place of romanticism. Because if you're looking for audio quality, obviously you're going to find better quality on your CDs and you're going to find better quality even streaming online these days. Uh, so you're not, not about audio quality. Yes, yeah, like streaming like a clear yeah, mastered so, version versus some scratchy you know, like copy. I've, I've bought you know, <laughs> some vinyls of, of some of my favorite records and you go, oh, they don't sound, they don't have, they don't have, they don't have that punch that you're expecting from a CD, you know. <laughs> that, hmm. So that's, it's, that's, how you, that's how you balance your purchases was <laughs> like, a good excuse to pay, say. pay attention to the sound so, yeah yeah it's yeah, a yeah, point, yeah point in collecting it you think if, if if the sound doesn't actually it's just a romantic idea versus actual and, and sound, yeah. or, or something that you think that is gonna work for for a dance floor if you if you're DJing if you're regularly mm-hmm. playing then you know what kind of stuff 
would work mm. at certain events and venues and and, and how does your um, record collection connect you with other people oh it's 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 great and since since i started these tropy stories which is that youtube channel that um, i was telling you earlier it's it's it feels like you know it's 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 a way of building community it's been a really nice way of being exposed to different music as well getting to know people here in sydney that um, have different tasty music, something that I would never ever heard or anything that I would have never been exposed to. Um, so I think vinyl or just music in general just builds that mm. community and with your with friends as well, you can just get together. And, and Can you tell us a bit more about the Troppy Stories? So it's a YouTube channel that um, records DJ sets like live and so it's it's basically like a live DJ performance that goes up to like an hour. Can yeah. You sort of tell us what, what inspired you to do that and how that journey has been. Yes, yeah, so it's, 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 been it's been a really interesting and fun journey because it's, it's kind of like a baby from during the lockdown. Uh, obviously, no one knew what we were going to do during lockdown. It was boring. Everyone started streaming and everyone wanted just to have like a window to the outside world. And then I realized that once you start streaming, then you, you, you get into copyright issues or the quality is not great or they'll bring your video down from, from whatever platform you were streaming. And then I realized then I've got the knowledge, I've got the equipment. I might just set up a couple of cameras, record it, uh, record myself doing a set, and then I can do a little post-production to the audio so it kind of just all sits in the right level and put it up in good quality. And I started doing that during COVID. Then I started running out of records. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, all right, I've done many mixes of myself. And maybe I just try to get my friends to come along. Um, so then obviously I had friends like um, uh, Kuchuko and Rodney and Fabian and Juana and among many other friends. That so these are all friends um, that are part of this Sonic Street Technologies podcast series, if you want to tune in. And of course, there's many more. DJs um, out there who have recorded sets, mm. but yeah, yeah, that's, that's correct. And mm. and since then, I took it seriously, and it felt like with any project, you really need to stick to a project. And I said, I'm gonna do it right, and I want to try and release a video at least every set every two weeks. But then it's been, you know, sometimes I can do it, sometimes once a month, but it's enough to um, and. You know, the reception's been awesome. Uh, plenty of views, plenty of subscribers online, and it's been going for like, I don't know, when was the lockdown? Two years ago? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and you call it Tropicana Sound Sistema. So what's the sound system reference? The what does that mean to you? Yeah, what, that's what's a, that that's a good yeah. question. It, start, <laughs> it started as a sound system because I started doing it with another friend, but this is many, like many... Like as a crew, sound system. As a crew, yeah. and... Um, we, our first gig was Splendor in the Grass many, many years ago as a, as a crew. So we were a crew. Well, when we say crew, it's two of us. But we called it a sound system because we brought little samples and things like that. And yeah, it was, it was also there was a live element to it. There as was well. a slightly, yeah, there was a slight live element to it. Uh, unfortunately, like my friend, which, like, we started this project together. He left, but I stuck with the name. So. In reality, it's not, it's not a sound system. Yeah, such, but then you but transferred. Yet, there must be some reason that you chose to keep the sound system name for the YouTube channel. 
Yeah, and, so I, guess, and I guess it leads to a question I have, like, what, what do you think, um, what is the role of, like, um, vinyl or records in sound system culture to you? Do you see some connections? Is there something you thought about at all? In, so like, again, sound system culture, what is the role of, of um, records? How do you... <laughs> <laughs> Well, let, maybe let's backtrack a bit. You've played on, you've played on, you've had the, have the chance to play on some custom-built sound systems. Yes. Around, can you tell us maybe some of the sounds and how that experience yeah. was? Oh, you know, it's, it's great because um, as, as 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 a community of like of people collecting vinyls, there's also a great family of people building and developing these stunning and great sound systems, which is you know. We, it goes hand by hand, so you, you have the sound systems and then you have your DJs and then it's, it's a platform for us to play and every sound system develops a, an identity and their own signature and they are really well built. Um, so it just creates these spaces for us to go on DJ and I've had the opportunity to play in some of them, um, including the Grand Mono from Melbourne which is a stunning sound system, uh, a replica of a Colombian sound system called Pico. And it's just a, it's a whole package. Like the artwork is stunning, the good quality of sound, well done. Um, and creating these spaces to play not the music that people are kind of used to and just having it, that space to play a whole brand of new stuff. Mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, so I think we're pretty much uh, <laughs> talked about everything yeah, um, yeah. That, I, that I meant to ask you. If, if you know, with all the various hats you're wearing, um, it's it's really nice to hear the story of the YouTube channel that you basically were able to use your skills as an audio engineer, etc. Of course, one thing we didn't talk about very much was Evil Cumbia Muffin. It's a it's an orchestra. Yeah, it's a band that you you founded, that uh, could be co-founded, for another opportunity. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of my 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 main musical project as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then you've got other musical projects on the on the, the boil as well. It's uh, great, you know. It's 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 food for the soul. Yeah. So you brought in a record. Um, I did. Yeah. It's a Kumbia Muffin record. Do you want to tell us a little um, bit about the so these, what's on it? Yeah. So the Kumbia Muffin, you know, it was as any other project. It's many years in the making. A lot of you know, tears and sweat, and <laughs> <laughs> but we got there, and we were lucky enough to get, um, I don't know, I'll show you to the camera, but get enough reception from n number of uh, international labels uh, that show their interest on this music. Uh, so it was co-produced with a label in the US, one in the UK, and one in Canada. So, you know, it's really, really happy just that we could I don't think many of these projects are for a financial gain, but just mm, to get mm. our music to every corner of the world, you know, is great. And knowing that this is music made by, it's not necessarily just Columbus. We've got everyone in this band from, um, so all the brands like jazz, uh, like out of the conservatorium to, you know, Colombians that have like got that folklorical traditional studies 
Uh, so it's just it just works as a, as a combination. As, mm. as a and you, and you've got also on the on the B side on this recording, you've got um, some remixes, yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably my uh, kind of like my tropicante side of things uh, applying into this project as well. Because I know vinyl, it's it's a it's it's a thing that that a lot of vinyl DJs will like to have as well. So I know some of these tracks. And when when you get Latin music, it's sometimes it's harder to mix. So I thought it could be more appealing or interesting if you could get some of these DJs and producers some more on electronic, board. electronic. So it, it works for both ends. If you want to have, you know, your your straight Caribbean cumbia with raga flavor, you got one side. Uh, if you want to aim and try to reach to DJs and sound systems, you got uh, these great collaborations with uh, other producers. Yeah, super cool. So we heard a track... Um, from Cumbia Muffin at the beginning of this podcast, and um, you did bring another record in too. Would you? Uh, there, yeah, yeah. Want, I got to, a want to put on a, a song, a song for the podcast? And uh, thank you so much for coming. No, almost. You know, so it was, it was a pleasure. It's really nice that you're over here and doing what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just cue it. Yeah, have to keep talking. Then let's hear the track. <laughs> and it looks like it's a um, Galletas Calientes uh, records. Records uh, compilation or it's like a 12 inch of remixes of Champeta. Yeah. 